Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. going down the slide at the at after school care he decided to swing on the bar and launch himself halfway down the slide and uh hit his elbow broke his elbow uh it was in a lot of pain and but Kate came and she had to go in the ambulance with him to the hospital and so I'm there with the kids and how many know when that happens you all you got is the clothes you're wearing and uh she heads in and we were finding out whether he needed to stay the night and uh and so we work out I get the text from Kate yes we do have to stay the night he's going have to have an operation, which he did yesterday, was successful, and uh, and uh, and and so I, I thought, okay, this is my moment. Uh, you know, I'm going to get some clothes together for Kate and for Riley. You know, I'm going to I'm going to gather a really good bag. I'm going to I'm going to feed the kids tonight. This is going to be awesome. You know, and and so I, I I put everything in the car and I ring Kate. I said, I'm on my way, babe. I've got a bag for you. You know, I've got it all sorted. It's gonna it's gonna be fantastic. And uh, and she said, oh, what's in the bag? And I'm like, well, I got I got clothes and for you and for Riley and, and and I got your charger for your phone. You'll be stoked with that. Well, thank you for that. That's awesome. And and I got you a toothbrush. She said that that's it. That that's you just got me a toothbrush. I said yeah. That's all you need, isn't it? Yeah. And she said no, no. I need more than that. And then she lists off this huge list of things that I could not remember in that moment. I said, honey, so you're telling me i got to turn around and go back? Yes, you do. You've got to turn around and go back and get me that stuff. I'm like, okay, babe, that's great. I'll go back. Can you text me that novel that you just said so I can get that into a bag for you? I think I had a second bag. I mean, it was just, you know, I, I did it. But, I, you know, I, I, I thought I was owning the moment. Uh, but I worked out that it wasn't as good of a moment that I thought. And, uh, but you know what? I, it made me think in that time is that there's moments like that all the time. You know, and, and sometimes we can miss even the little moments in our lives. Sometimes we can miss just the small things, even if it's a, a word of encouragement. Even if it's just a, a small thing that we bring to somebody else's life, just the little thoughtful moments that can build up to become something amazing. And you know, uh, sometimes we think, oh, it's only the big things that matter. I want to tell you, a whole range of small things add up to something big, add up to something amazing. And when it comes to our relationships, marriage, family, friendships, connections in life, it all it all matters when we operate from a place that says, you know what, I want to be a person that's aware of the moments that are taking place around my life. You know, I want to start this series by positioning our lives in the best place that we can. And the best place that we can start is with love. When it comes to relationships, when it comes to people, we have got to start the whole journey with love. See, love is transformative. Love is powerful. And I'd love for you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 13. And it says this, it says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. 
always be eager to practice hospitality. I mean, no, this is powerful. You know, when you read this scripture, it's quite an amazing thought to think they're incredible things. Mate, if I, I, I thought about this, I thought, you know what? What if you were in a place where you thought, man, everyone else, if everyone would just treat me like that just said, the world would be a better place. Who can agree with that? I mean, would you agree with that? Just If you think, man, if everybody else out there, if you would just treat me like Paul said in Romans, we'll all just get on just fine. That would be fantastic, you know? But how many know that Paul is not just talking about everyone else, he's talking about me. He's talking about you. He's talking about the way that we need to respond to others in life. And you know, I love the key word that is in the scripture, it's love. The key word is love. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. How many know that love doesn't start with, with about me? It's not about me, but love is actually about the other. Love is about others. Romans 12.9 said, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Don't just pretend, genuinely love others. See, the issue with this is that we all battle and struggle with the sin nature, don't we? Whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, we believe in this thing. We know that sin exists. But sin is the thing to make you want to think about you first, all right? To think about self first. And that is why there is a wrestle when it comes to love and giving out to others. And at the end of the day, what it is is that the change is going from, from me first to you first. That's the shift. That's what takes place. It's, it's, it actually begins there. Now, does that mean that you don't take care of yourself? No. Does that mean that you don't look after your needs? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that, that my world is bigger than just me. My world can encompass others around me. It can encompass my spouse if I'm married. It can, it can actually take in my children. It can take in my friends. It can take in the people I, I do life with and church with. It, it can take in the people I work with. And you know what, love, love goes beyond even the people we know and love. Love actually goes even to the perfect stranger, doesn't it? Love can go beyond even to someone we don't know. Because that's the power of what love does. And see, it's not just love that we conjure up ourselves, but it all actually begins with God. The Bible teaches us in 1 John uh, 4 that God is love. God is love. It all begins with Him. And Jesus set the scene of how we can connect with that love and and operate out of that position. John 15, 9 to 13 says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. How powerful is that? Love. Love begins with God. So Jesus is saying, hey, I've loved you in the same way the Father has loved me. He's invited us in 
to this relationship. He's invited us in to the source of all love, which is God. He invites us and says, hey, if you are connected to me, if you allow me to imprint my love to you, it's going to transform you from the inside out. It's going to impact your life. This is where transformation begins. This is the power of it, is actually in our connection daily and relationship with God. Because this kind of love doesn't get conjured up internally in ourselves. It's actually coming from God. We've got to actually get to that place with God where it's impacting us because God's love is unconditional. God's love is agape love, a Greek word, which means unconditional love. That means there there is nothing that's going to affect or change that love. And that love can actually impact and imprint on our lives. It can change us from the inside out. It's powerful. See, when it comes to our, our, our relationships around us, God wants us to be in this place where our relationship with God is intact first. See, getting that right first is the most important place. If we want our marriages to be whole, we've got to make sure that our relationship with God is where it needs to be. We want our relationship with our children, our parenting to come to a better place. Hey, first, first start with our relationship with God. It all begins there. Our friendships, the doing life with people, it all begins at God. That's where it begins. And sometimes we look at men, I need answers for my marriage. I need answers for my parenting. I need answers for life. Hey, those answers are important. But hey, don't skip the best step of all. Don't skip the, the step that kind of is like, oh, well, I'll get to you later, God. I'll, I'll get to you. I'll, I'll pray more. I'll, I'll get to that stuff. But God's saying, hey, unless you come and get in my presence, you're not actually going to get the revelation you need of what needs to change, of what needs to shift, of what needs to move, because God is about pouring out His presence into our lives. And we've got to come daily into that place, because that's what transforms us. John Piper said this, if a person admires and worships God and finds fulfillment by taking refuge in his merciful care, then his behavior towards his fellow man will reflect the love of God. It will reflect the love of God. When it comes to the relationships around us, are we seeing others through the lens of God's love first? Are we seeing others through His love? There is a lens of God's love. And that can imprint on our lives in an incredible way. And God wants us to know that He has so much more that He wants to tap us into. Now, you might be thinking today, well, I I love my wife. I love my kids. I I do love them. I don't need to be told. I don't need God to, to, to show me how to do that. I want to tell you today, man, I need God. I need God. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better person. And I know if I, if I can't do that on my own account, I need God. I need God. I need His impression on my life. See, I love this. James 1.17 says this, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. What this is saying is, whatever is good, Anything good that happens has originated from God. Whether you are a Christian today or not a Christian, I want to let you know that anything good that happens in this world, it all starts with Him. 
It begins with God. Anything good, anything perfect, whatever is good begins at God. So I love the fact that, hey, if it all begins at God, if it starts with Him, man, if I want to know His love, if I want to know His goodness, I'm going to make sure in my life that I'm making sure I'm connecting daily. I'm connecting into that place because if it starts with love, it needs to start with my relationship with you. Our relationship with God is that beginning point that imprints on our lives, transforms us to start to see our relationships around us through His lens. And man, I just believe that we, I don't want to get to a place in my life where I've arrived. Like I've learned enough, I've loved enough, I've done enough. I never want to get to that place in my life. While I'm here doing life on this side of eternity, I want to make sure that I'm in a place where I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I can still change. I can still be better. I don't want to be a person that says I've made it, that's it. Or I don't want to change anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Now let's be the people that say, Lord, while I'm breathing, I'm going to keep on coming back into your presence so that you can imprint your love on me. See, God wants to imprint his transformative love around our lives because that will affect the way we do relationships. It'll change our marriages, change our families. It'll change the way we're doing friendships at work. It'll change the way we're doing life. More and more and more, it begins with God. Now, does that mean that you don't read books and educate yourself and get better in how you do relationships? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, let God be the starting point. Let Him be the place we come to first and say, God, I I don't want to set my own course here. I want you to set it for me. I want you to help me to get on the right track when it comes to my relationships. Hey, it all starts not just with love, but with God's love. Who can agree with that today? God's love. The second part is that moments require a response. Moments require a response. There's a story out of Luke 10, uh, verse 30 to 37, and it's the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, this story is powerful because it actually talks about someone who made a choice to own a moment in their life, who made a choice to go beyond what they thought what they believed, what culture was saying to them, to actually step beyond what they thought. See, the the story starts with Jesus actually sharing with a group of people, and there were Pharisees there, there were all sorts of different people in this crowd, and then we see that an expert in Mosaic law, he was a lawyer, he was an expert in the law, he, um, he, he says to Jesus, he says, hey, this life you speak of, how do I inherit eternal life? What do I have to do? He says, what, is, what does the Lord teach you? He said, well, I, it says that I need to love the Lord my God with all my soul, my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength, and love my neighbor as I love myself. And he said, well, that's right. He said, do that and you will live. And he's like, yeah, that, that's good. He says, but, but who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? It's a great question, isn't it? Who is my neighbor? So Jesus begins to tell this story. Luke 10, 30 to 37 says, Jesus replied with this story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits, then stripped him of his clothes, beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. 
Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put him, the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed uh, the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Uh, Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. How powerful is this story? See, most people uh, know the story of the Good Samaritan. Most people know it. We hear it all the time. Even on news, reporters are still saying that, man, there was a Good Samaritan who was there to help the guy when this happened. You know, we, most of us know this story. But Jesus actually told this story for a reason. He knew He was talking to a group of first century Jews that were in Palestine. Now, we've got to understand the key point here is that, is that a priest represent the most noble, esteemed position in all of, of, of Israel. This, the priest was at the highest level. Like, I mean, obviously there was the, the king, and, and there were, but it was one of those noted positions. And so we see that he's saying, hey, there was someone who was a priest. And as, as he walked down the road and he saw this man that's been beaten by the side of the road, and, and he saw him, he actually you know, crossed to the other side of the road and kept on going. Now we know priestly order is that oftentimes priests would have to go through ceremonial cleaning uh, before they went to do their duties for the day. Who knows what he was heading to do? Maybe he was going to do a ceremony. Who knows what he had on that day? But Levitical law said if he went and touched someone unclean who was bleeding, he would have had to have gone and gotten, went through the whole process again to go and be ready Uh, for his duties, all right? So he was kind of like, do I weigh it up? Uh, And he didn't. See, not only did he, he he, he knew that it was gonna take time to help the man, but he knew he was gonna have to add extra time and not even be able to do what he was going to do that day. All right, so we see this is that he's kind of, he's busy. There's stuff going on. He's a priest, but then he crosses over and he keeps on. He didn't own this moment. How many know that moments Sometimes we can orchestrate them, but sometimes they're thrust on us. Moments can happen around us all the, day, all the time. And sometimes we can be ready for them. And sometimes we can just flat out miss them, you know, when they happen. Now, this guy, he chose to keep on going. And we see a Levite, a temple, uh, pre, uh, a temple servant, he's coming past as well. And, uh, and, and this one says that he came up, kind of took a look. He's like, Oh, all too much for me. And he crossed over and he kept on going. And it wasn't until a Samaritan man came past. You've got to understand, the power of this is incredible. Because Samaritans were hated by the Jews. All right? This road that Jesus was talking about in history was actually noted as a really, really dangerous road. And uh, in that time, there were a whole lot of uh, people that would get robbed and, and raided uh, oftentimes by sometimes even Samaritans would come and beat them up and rob them and take their stuff, all right? So we see here, Jesus is painting a really good picture, all right? Now, the Jews hated the Samaritans, and, but the, the, the role was reversal as well. The Samaritans hated the Jews. And that had gone on since the captivity. 
And then when, when, when Israel was taken captive by the Assyrians, the ones that stayed back, the farmers and those who tended the sheep and, the, and, and stayed in the country under captivity, they ended up mixing and marrying uh, the, the, the people, their captors. They married Assyrians, they married others, and they mixed their blood, all right? And it was a no-no when it came to Israelites, all right? So when the people in captivity came back from captivity, they despised the Samaritans for this. There was no love lost between these two cultures. There was a prejudice. There was a hatred. Now, not only this, it's actually noted in history that in this time, the, the time that Jesus is talking around this particular season, there were a group of Samaritans that had come uh, to the temple during the Passover feast and threw human bones and, and remains onto the temple floor and ruined the, the entire feast. All right? Now, even more so, this is, this is just crazy what's going on. Jesus is telling this story and he's talking about a Samaritan, which these Jews absolutely hate. Do you know what? It was an insult to be called a Samaritan by a Jew. And, and so we see this picture here that's being painted of what is happening. Jesus is talking, hey, it wasn't until, it wasn't a Jew that came past. It was a Samaritan that came past. One of the most hated people, all right? He's talking to a bunch of Jewish people. And the Samaritan comes past. And not only that, he looks at this situation and he says the Samaritan had compassion. He was moved with love. He gets off his own donkey. He goes over to the Jew who's just been beat up. He's almost dying. He's bleeding on the side of the road. And he gets down and he begins to help this man. Everyone's in shock right now as Jesus is telling this story. It's like no way in the world is a Samaritan ever going to do that. He's like, no, no, walk with me. Walk with me. So this Samaritan, he gets down and he helps this man. And I love as the Bible teaches us that he pours out uh, uh, wine on the wounds and oil on the wounds. Remember, Jesus is telling this story. And the, uh, wine and oil often, they have healing properties. But not only is that, as Jesus is talking about the fact that, hey, wine in Scripture represents the blood of Jesus. It represents the blood of Christ. And oil in Scripture represents the Holy Spirit. And we see here that, that the, the man is a vessel. He goes over to this man that's wounded by the side of the road. He pours out the, the wine. Now, what I want to tell you today that we are vessels, but God wants to connect with people's lives that are broken, hurting, and wounded in this life. He wants to make contact with their lives. They are wounded. And we may not see their wounds externally, but many people are wounded internally. So we go over and, and, and he says he pours out that wine. It's, hey, the blood of Jesus is what redeems a person and heals a person's life spiritually. It's his blood. But we are the vessels that can come and take God to that situation. See, it's the, it's the oil that represents the Holy Spirit. See, it's the Holy Spirit who empowers a person's life, restores us, brings freedom to us sanctifies us. It's the Holy Spirit that does that and helps us to identify the call of God, excuse me, the call of God that we carry over our lives. It's the blood of Jesus that redeems and heals. It's the Holy Spirit that brings empowerment to our lives. We see that we, just like the good Samaritan, we're vessels that God wants to use. And I want you to know this today, that this story is so powerful because it doesn't just end there. It doesn't end there. He picks him up puts him on his own donkey, takes him to an inn and generously pays 
for his health to come back online. He, he pays, he gives, he gives the, the innkeeper two silver dollars. He, he, he leaves, he says, if there's anything more when I get back from my business trip or whatever is on, I'm gonna pay you when I get back. See, there's something powerful when the love of God impacts your life. Jesus is trying to teach us out of this. See, the Samaritan went beyond cultural prejudice. He went beyond hatred. He went beyond, why? Because that's what the love of God can do. It can imprint on us so much that He actually transforms us from the inside out. It changes us, changes the way we think, changes the way we act, changes the way we do life. It changes us because it's His power that does it. The same way the blood of Jesus has redeemed us, the same way the Holy Spirit has changed us, He wants us to be vessels that impact other people's lives as well. How can we be like this good Samaritan? This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, you can move beyond the hatreds. You can move beyond the prejudices. You can move beyond the things that are breaking down relationships and let my life impact yours. Let me use you. Let me imprint my life in you to bring change to those around you. See, I know today that it all starts with His love. This shows us that it's God's love that causes us to respond. But it's God's love that first imprints on us to bring transformation to our lives. I love that, script, that, that quote that I shared earlier. But here's my, 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 my kind of shortened version of it. A surrendered heart to God means a transformed life toward others. A surrendered heart to God, a surrendered heart to Him, His, His ways, means a transformed life towards others. And God wants to use us this way. Hey, when it comes to our marriages, let's start there. Those who are married today, when it comes to our marriages, what are the moments that are happening in our lives every day? What are the moments maybe lately that we may have been missing that we can let, allow the love of God to impact our lives to be able to use us to show that love to our spouse. Maybe we've been married for a long time, maybe 10 years, 15 years, maybe 40 years. But hey, there are opportunities all the time with that encouraging word, that moment of love, that moment where we could say, hey, maybe I used to do it, but I, I haven't done it lately. Hey, why not do it again? Why not start up the things that you once did? Why not come back to that place again? If we want our marriages to be on track, let's start to do the little things that mattered. Let's start to show that love in the way that we can. Because I tell you now, it, it, nothing's gonna change while both kind of stay in the same place. Someone needs to make a step of action. Someone needs to take the first step to say, hey, I'm gonna go beyond. The good Samaritan, he took a step. Yeah, true. He could have kept on going. But he took a step to get off his donkey and say, I'm going to do something that culture is telling me not to. I'm going to do something beyond what I feel like right now. Hey, when it comes to our raising our children today, how many know there's moments all the time? There's moments happening all the time with our kids. And God wants us to be switched on to those moments. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not the perfect dad. It's not about perfection. It's just about knowing, Lord, what can I do to take steps to own these moments when it comes to being a parent? Hey, maybe you've made mistakes in the past. I want to tell you today, even if you've made mistakes, don't let that stop you from taking good steps in the future. Don't let it stop you. Today is a new day. 
Tomorrow's going to be a new day. We can make choices in our lives, regardless of what, what past has been. We can make choices in our lives to say, you know what? I'm going to take a step towards showing your love in a greater way. I'm going to take a step. And today, I just know that when we choose to do that in our lives, that's going to impact our kids' lives. Maybe it's an encouraging word to our, our sons, our daughters. Maybe it's that extra hug. Maybe it's getting home from work a little earlier. Because it's not, sometimes it's not just the, the quantity, but it's quality. It's the quality of time. It's quality that we're investing into their lives. Sometimes, man, I know this. I get busy. We get busy, don't we? We can miss moments. We can miss them. I got to tell you, just in all honesty, I've had days when I've been so full. I've gotten home. I've completely missed my kids. Completely missed them. And the Holy Spirit's had to quicken something after I put them to bed. So, man, you missed that. You missed that. You just kind of did your thing. But you missed when your son was talking to you. You missed when your daughter told you about a day. You missed that moment. You missed it. I'm like, Lord, sorry. I'll be better tomorrow. I'll be better tomorrow. None of us are perfect. But hey, whatever's going on today, let it be that. Let's make a choice tomorrow. If you've got to repent, repent. Get your heart in a good place. But I tell you now, you know, we've got moments happening all the time. We've got moments with our friends. Moments where we can take that extra step. But I want to tell you today, sometimes there are moments that are thrust upon us just like the Good Samaritan with perfect strangers. See, this is the choice that we have in our lives. When moments happen at work with people around us, they're those moments when Jesus wants to use us to reach another person. They're the moments, hey, the love isn't just for us. The love is for them. They've never felt it. They don't know it. But there's moments happening all the time. I was in the grocery store a couple of weeks ago. And, and how many know when you know you're in a moment? You know that, don't you? And I'm, I'm there paying for my groceries. And there's a, a young guy, must be in his mid-20s. He's, he's got his groceries there. He's ready to get, he might have, might have had a family. I don't know. But he's going to pay for his groceries. No, no card is working. Man, we've all been there. No card's working. And he, did, he couldn't pay for it. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And I said, it's like, okay. I just knew, man, this is, this is a God moment. And I reached over. I said, I'll do it. And I, I paid for it. And... And he's like, oh man, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. I said, no, it's fine. I got it. I got it. It's all good. And so we paid for our, our groceries and I went outside. He's waiting for me out there. And he's like, hey, I'll pay you back, man. He's holding his groceries. I'll pay you back. I said, mate, you don't have to pay me back. I want to tell you something. That was not about me. I want to let you know I'm a Christian and I love God. And I want to let you know that God loves you. God loves you. He wants you to know how much He loves you. God has a plan for your life, a purpose, a destiny for your life. And maybe you haven't known that in your life, but, but God wanted me to show you how much He loves you. How much He loves you. And I talked to him about church and everything. I invited him to church. And, uh, and you know, he was grateful. We kind of went our way and went from there. But you know, that moment, that wasn't about me just because I was a nice guy. All right? Moments are about showing how amazing Jesus is. Those who are forgiven much 
love much. And we know that, Lord, I've been forgiven. I've been washed in your blood. Man, where, where would my life be if it wasn't for you? Man, I'm not, I didn't pay for, not, for someone's groceries to say that Paul is amazing. I paid for someone's groceries to show that Jesus is amazing. That's what it's about. See, God wants to use us to connect other people to Him. Sometimes we just need to remember in those moments, man, because there's a, there's a moment, isn't there? Don't ever forget in that moment, God, God opens that up. He, can, he opens that up to show how amazing He is. Sometimes you don't get the opportunity to talk about Jesus. I know that. But when you do, take it. Take the opportunity to let people know who He is. You know, this week, I want to encourage us. When it comes to our relationships, when it comes to people we do life with, when it comes to people we meet, let's be aware. Let's be aware because moments require a response. It requires a response. Let's be aware with our marriage this week. Let's be aware with our kids. Let's be aware at work. Let's be aware when we're going grocery shopping. Let's be aware because there's opportunities all the time. And we want to show that love. We want to own the moments in our lives every single day. And hey, if you miss them, tomorrow's a new day. Let's be ones that choose to say, Lord, I want to be that person that owns the moments. Lord, let your love affect me so powerfully that I want to show that to people around me.